0: dum <laughs> <In laughs> <In> the dum 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 dum
1: Hello, and welcome to episode 62 of the Two Indie Authors Podcast
0: with me, Robert Enright. And me, David B. Lyons. On today's show, Rob and I will be discussing how and where we write our novels as our main talking point. We will then be answering the first mailbag question of the year, which I believe is all about pricing. And that's all before we welcome award winning author Lolo Page. She becomes the first ever guest to face our brand new Look 7 questions. Before all that oh, though, no. Rob, we've been at our, back at our desk for a week now into the new year. How has how's the last week been for you? Uh, it's
1: been all right. It's been good. It feels like a slight stop start to the year um, because there's so, much, there's so many bugs going around. Like Olivia's had time off sick again, like just with fevers, and yeah, you can't take your kid to nursery if they're if they've got like a massive temperature. And then she's coughing, and she coughs directly into my face, and then and I start coughing, and you just feel a bit sluggish. But um, it's not been too bad. I got all the edits and all the proofs done for um for the new Sam Pope book, so that's oh, great, ready to go. I'll probably bring the launch date forward, um, and then. I've been doing some really good plotting for the next Jack Townsend book. So I want it to be a bit more intricate. So um, there's a few more kind of lines I need to connect between. You probably get this because you've done a lot more crime or like investigative um, books, whereas a few more lines need to be drawn with how this relates to that and this to that, Um, which is one of the reasons I love moving into another genre because it's, it's like a... A way of challenging myself as a creative person, and it's something new to undertake and yeah. just kind of freshening things up. So, so it's been, I haven't got loads of words down on the page. That's to, hopefully to come next week. Um, but I feel like it's been a good, like, productive week kind of moving in the, everything in the right direction to get the year off to a, a good start that I can then just focus on it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um,
0: a good week that was. How's your week been, my friend? Good, yeah. Well, it's 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 only really been about three days that I've had my feet back under the desk. I mean, I say under the desk; it's normally hanging off a sofa, to be honest with you. Um, this time of <laughs> year is where, where I work from. Um, but yeah, I, I've I've a bit like you. It's the start of a new year, and and I I cleared a lot of decks um, just towards the end of the year in terms of administrative stuff that I'd I sort of put. Maybe mm. into pockets, um, to start off the new year afresh. But uh, yeah, I, I've, I, I wanted to get dug into my novella. I wanted to get some words down. I'm, I'm not overly disciplined in that regard since I got back to my desk. But I have kicked it off, which is a good thing. And and that's oh, It's really what January has to be for me. Uh, I got a release date in late March, so I I just want to get as many words down as I can on that. But again. It's it's To be honest with you, creatively, my mind is really genuinely with the screenplays that I'm writing at the moment. I feel mm. a little bit about the screenplays the way I felt about my novel writing when I was first writing them. Because when I first um, published books, I was knocking out four novels a year. I was really, like it was consuming me, you know, before you go to bed and you're just thinking about where this character can go, parts of the plot. At the moment, all of that headspace is with the screenplays. But I mean, yeah. that I, I still have to say to our listeners, I haven't earned a penny, what, not one cent from a, a, writing screenplays. So this is all me putting faith. many people to... have. Yes, that's <laughs> very true. That's very true. And this is me certainly putting faith in myself and taking these two years to really try and make a go of it. I did have meetings about the screenplays, um, which I wow. organised for the first week back in, in January. They've gone really, really well. It's getting, it's getting exciting, although... It's fair to say, Rob, I've been excited about this for maybe 15 months or so. So it's, you know, I I read (laughs) a quote, it's actually Martin Scorsese who said it, that um, the main skill required for a screenwriter is not necessarily the screenwriting ability itself, but patience. And that's sort of how I have, that's how I feel um, over the last, certainly the last year where it, it looks like it's been kicked largely down the road. And, um, you know, it's, it, when you look at it in retrospect, you've really only moved an inch. But yeah, it's exciting, and I, I'll continue to update us on that. Um, I'm getting some words there yeah, on my... On, nove- on novellas, as I say. But apart from that, I've... Oh, I did make a big decision this week, actually. I um, you know, hmm. mean, you did this a, a couple of years ago, Rob, where we didn't, you know, there was no big build-up to it. It was such a decision that melted into our brains. But this week, I've taken... All of my books out of Ku, and I've taken them wide. Now this is my second foray into going wide. Myself and yourself went wide together, Rob, unbeknownst to each other, um, about three years <laughs> ago, and I think we lasted about ninety days. But yeah, um, mm. yeah, it's just it, it, it was it was it was an issue where my, the Patriots just weren't coming in, Rob. So I yeah. decided that I might make um, more money going wide than I will with Ku under the under the, in. in regards to how presently my books are performing.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, this is a huge decision, by the way, David. I mean, considering, <laughs> yes. you know, it's very over the year long we've been doing this podcast, but almost the, the few years you and I have been um, kind of in regular contact, you've just been a, you know, a big proponent of KU. So, um yeah. I'm sorry I know you had a talking point set up for us to talk about today um, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna bin that off because I actually want to talk to you oh. more about going wide because I think it's a huge freaking business decision you've just made and um I actually think it'll be quite interesting to talk about
0: Oh okay um right <laughs> let's do it
2: Two in the author.
0: so
1: considering I've sort of sideswiped you here David and um, <laughs> decided to bin off uh, the talking point you had planned for us um, I just think going wide is such a you know we we had it in our seven questions for the last uh, 14 months or so you know it's a big decision authors yeah. have to make and yeah. we've been very clear over the year that kindle unlimited the ku page reads money has been fundamental to us being full-time authors now i know you've kind of alluded to over the past few weeks that that's kind of been rescinding like the the number's been dwindling a little bit in regards to page reads so just before we get into Kind of what your plans are for going why because i'm fascinated by this by the way i think our list- our regular yeah. listeners will know it's, it's something i've always wanted to do but i can't do because uh, i would be a fool to do it can you just yeah. kind of give some context to like the full decision making process for you making this decision
0: yeah it is interesting i would say the big source of um impact on this decision is the lack of page reads over the last mm. five months or so. Um, I'm used to getting tens of thousands of page reads a day that had sunken to, uh, for a long time, I think between August and November or so of last year, it was it was consistently added between ten and 15,000 page reads a oh, well. day. And it sounds like a big number, but it's a small number because you're getting uh, 0. 0.00 decimal of a penny Per page read, and um, so you'd really want to be looking into the tens of thousands or over a hundred thousand to be to be making big big money on KU page reads. Now, with that in mind, Rob, it's still it was still bringing me in two thousand pounds every month KU. Right. So it's you know it it it's about nearly forty percent of my income uh, via Amazon, but. Well, you know, we we've had. I guess my decision is influenced by guests we've had on the show. We've had um people. Joanna Penn was yeah kind of forceful with us about our <laughs> lack of uh, wit as as in the authors. We, we 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 put a lot in the Amazon basket and and we're right to because it's the biggest store in the world and it and it is how I've earned. I would reckon at a guess, eighty five to ninety percent of my money as an author has probably been through Amazon to be. To be to give a fair reflection, and uh, we've had guys like Michael and Amelia from Ream who are big uh-huh. advocates of of going it alone and owning an an awful lot of your um you you know your own stock in terms of how you sell books and where you sell them. So I I think those influences have been sort of nagging at me. Yeah, and um, but but more so it's the fact that my page reads for whatever reason and I do not know they have plummeted um, from tens of thousands down to 10,000 um, on a daily basis. So it's, it, it, but at the bottom line is it's 2,000 pounds for me, Rob, a month, right? Can yeah. I achieve or better that 2K a month with the wide platforms like Kobo and Apple Books and, and Nuke and, and, and all these wider retailers that I can sell ebooks on? Can I? I? I didn't when I went wide for three months, three years ago. I, I didn't get anywhere near my page reads. But then again, I was very complacent with it. I was just put loading my books up to these websites, hoping they would sell. I wasn't doing anything about it.
1: Yeah, and I guess, I guess that's the the big question: is can you replace the money you're used to getting through Kindle Unlimited from other resources? Because your sales should stay the same if not they should maybe slightly improve i mean that's what i found when i went Wait. wide was my amazon sales probably went up they 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 got a little bit better because the book yeah. was now no longer available on kindle unlimited so you'll probably still get some ku readers who want to read your book go okay i'll just buy it because i want to read yeah. this book um it's then maintaining that momentum on the other platforms, I guess is is the 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 thing. Can you do that to match at least match that money? Because then at least yeah. then your quid's in, right? Because then your 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 life doesn't change fundamentally from a financial point of view. Um, mm-hmm. Can I just clarify with you? The average paid read per paid read, it's zero point. Is it zero point zero zero three five? Is that generous? Is that the it's per two the average, zeros? Yeah. Isn't it? is 10 of yeah. so just to put into context yeah. i just did uh, got my calculator out i didn't do this in my head um but 15000 page reads equates to about 52 pounds 50 so that's yeah not chump change you know what i mean it's it's always nice to make money but when you're reliant on say 10 times that yeah that's a big difference because actually if you're getting 15000 page reads a day And your books are selling, say, roughly, yeah, you're getting £3.50 per book, say. You only need to sell 14 to 15 books across the other platforms to make that money up. Yes. So is
0: that kind of where your thought process is at, is it? That's where I'm at at the moment. Yeah, that's exactly. And those figures that you've just mentioned off the top of your head, they're similar figures to the ones I was working out on my calculator over the past 48 hours making this decision. I should also say that a big part of the decision came down to the fact that as I was researching my page read, I was trying to find mm. out what, where have they dipped from, what height have they dipped from, when did they dip, why are they dipping? And um, that last question, I can't get the answer to why they are dipping because I'm as um. exposed on Amazon as I've ever been in terms of you know I'm running some ads there and and, and I'm u- running my usual Facebook ads. My exposure hasn't dipped it's the same, but mm. page reads have massive but my biggest ever months for page reads were in August, September of the summer that we both went wide Rob, remember we yeah. both went wide and then without telling each other and then we both uh, <laughs> took our books back from being wide without telling each other and then we both lasted about 90 days well funny enough the immediate months after that Rob My page reads went to heaven. They just went (laughs) straight up into the sky. Um, 200,000 a month, sort of about where yours are now. Um, I, I I was riding that wave at that time. And I guess there's probably a part of me, this is wrong. This is probably, I wouldn't advise authors to think this way. There's a bit of me, my brain going, well, if I go wide for three or four months and then bring it back to KU will I spike again with the page reads so yeah. th- th- there's a part of that in my thinking but really the, at the forefront of my mind is let's make a success of it on Kobo and, and Apple Books and That's all these a, wide yeah. platforms and um, so I hope to be less complacent than I was when I went wide about three years ago
1: yeah I mean I it's, it's it, the options always there isn't it I mean you can always just re- in, in, re-enroll them um, yeah into the into KU and yeah you probably get a bit of a spike from people who joined KU in the time that you weren't in it if that if you know you, you pick up the newbies yeah. so to speak but I mean Joanna Penn who we absolutely love on this show she you know wrapped our knuckles because she's right we're not truly independent we're independent authors but we're not truly independent if we're exclusive of Amazon because we're we're dependent on Amazon to sell our books um yeah you know I I can't i made this point some the other day i can't give my book away for free on my website i can give my novellas away because they're not in kindle unlimited but i can't sell my book and, and do all this stuff with my books because i'm limited by the terms and conditions i agree to with uh, amazon but they're conditions i'm yeah. happy to do because you know i'm getting millions of page reads a month why would i not be happy with that um so I guess now, you know, you've got your, your main platforms to go on. So um for any of our listeners who who aren't aware of this, you've got Kobo, which is I think it's the main um e-reader in Canada. It's more popular than yeah. than um than Amazon Kindle. there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's more more popular than the Amazon Kindle. You've got Apple, which obviously is massive. And also on Apple devices, you have to download a Kindle app, I believe, to be able to access books on Kindle, or you can just access them through the Apple store, which yeah, there's a lot of people who are just devoted Apple people that don't have the Kindle app. I know people like that who only read books on the Apple store. You've got um Barnes and Noble, uh, which is Luke, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, I'm not well I'm not sure what their situation is. I know they had some real financial difficulty when we last went wide and they were struggling to pay out royalties. I think it might be fixed now. I think they got bought out by someone. Um I want, is it drafted digital maybe i don't know I, I, i'm not I i'm aware of that right. um, and then obviously you've got google so you've got google books as well so you've got all these massive platforms we're not talking we're not talking about tiny little um yeah, you know, small, brand. The, yeah the, the, these are this is apple this is google like yeah. you are now going to yeah. go on to these major platforms the only yeah, that's the massive positive because you also have to take into account Amazon only hits, what, like 16 territories, if that? Yeah. Yeah, it, it like, is a massive po- Global. Mm-hmm. Like proper global. It
0: yeah. does sound very positive that I'm on Google now and Apple and all these big, big brands, uh, and it makes sense. Oh, well, of course you should be, you know, your book should be uh, as uh, available as wide as possible. But there's also... It's also the daunting mountain in front of me that I have to market to all of these platforms yeah. now. and I mean, That's it could be thing, as though, simple yeah. as the Facebook ads I'm running, I can just add links in, buy on Kobo, buy on Apple Books. You know, I could add lines like that in. It didn't, I did that the last time. It didn't really work or come to fruition. And I think what I've got to do is really research the research um, these platforms, Kobo, Nuke, yep. find out how you can become bestsellers on them i did put out some uh, posts on some social media sites and some author communities were in yesterday to try and get a feel for that i'm gonna go through them today and see if i can really make the most of it but it, it is gonna take yeah. more dedication and more time to really make these wide platforms work for me yeah absolutely i mean the
1: advertising bit is the bit that i struggled with when I when I did yeah. the wide thing, but I, I, I do think now if I went wide, I'd make a go of it. I've got more time. I do this full time. I've got yeah. way more books that look way better, that have all this, you know, fanfare behind them or whatever, but at the same time, I've got guaranteed, you know, where I am. But the the marketing side of it is like, well, you know, my Facebook ads for taking people to Amazon, they're shit hot. They work. So obviously, if I just duplicate that ad, and instead of having amazon kindle as a you know a, a must-have in the targeting have kobo then i should just yeah. target the kobo readers and it should work that would be my thought process on it because the idea of sticking six different links on one ad instead of yeah. you know people i don't know if i would click a link in the actual ad as opposed to the click here button the shop now button so there's yeah. those things you're going to have to do the, i think the the biggest plus you're gonna have is a lot of these platforms have their own inbuilt marketing schemes. So I know Nook, they have multiple bio um like summer smash, like um, Bonanza or you know, every oh, bank right. holiday, every bank holiday like in Canada or whatever, they'll have a deal which you might pay 10% per per sale on but you get in it and suddenly your book gets discounted down by by a pound or something, but you get like 50 sales that day. I remember I did one on Nook um, on Barnes and Noble. I managed to get a deal completely for free. So this isn't like a book bub deal or one of those ones where you might get selected by Amazon. There's ones you apply for and you pretty much get, I got one for a box set. I did nothing. I woke up that day. I'd made 800 pounds just on Barnes and Noble um yeah through this deal for my boxer which was incredible great and that sounds amazing right to make 800 pounds on just one platform I could make that on five platforms Joe, that's where your thought process goes right the only issue is is you and I both gave up on it after 90 days because that momentum wasn't there so I know this is
0: obviously a decision you said you did it yesterday did you take your books out it's been a decision. I should actually talk about that, actually. Uh, it's a good point to raise. Yeah. I, I'm making the decision pretty much online with you through this podcast every Thursday for the past couple of months where I have been given out about my page reads <laughs> been long. Uh, so the decision is just sort of melting and downloading yeah. in my brain. Um, I should say for anybody listening or uh, and, and interested in, in taking this route, um, yesterday morning at about 9 a.m., I emailed Amazon KDP support and I said can you please remove all of my books from KU expecting a bit of pushback oh no you need to do this you got to do this make sure you you know log into this and I said they emailed emailed me back saying all removed I went wow Amazon look at you with the good customer service huh and then now this is lazy and and true widers um, will probably tut at this but then I went on to draft a digital and I uploaded all of my books. And it took me the morning, and um, maybe three to four hours, but they're all up there now, and they're, and they're all being published through all these wide platforms. So it was not a huge undertaking. It did not take me days. It didn't take me a week. It took me a morning to take all of my books out of KU and then republish them all um, through Draca Digital to go wide.
1: Have you done the check of i don't know i don't know i mean like i said we've been out the wide game for a few years now i remember when we when we did go wide before if you went through uh, an aggregator which is what draft to digital is so for for any of our yeah. listeners who don't know draft to digital is a platform that will then upload your books onto the other platforms right like they will do it yeah. for you and they take a so small once.
0: 10 percent yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, you only so basically, instead of having to manage all these different platforms, and actually, it's still worth using Draft to Digital because they hit up a lot of subscription sites that aren't the main ones. When I went wide, I used draft to digital for that, but I I uploaded to the main platform separately, which is where the yeah. time and the effort comes in. The only issue I don't know if you're going to hit, and I don't know if you've looked into it, is whether or not you can yeah. then access those special deals that we spoke about earlier. I don't know if that's improved yet because it wasn't there when about three years ago.
0: Yeah, draft to digital now say that they can get you some COBOL deals and they can um, apply on your behalf. Um uh, okay. I don't think that's as advantageous as if I could do it myself because I'm quite a good networker and I'm good with sales copy and, and, and writing text. I think if I was to contact Kobo and say, Can you please put my books on your special discount deal? I would do it. With Draft to Digital, it might be a little bit more slodgy. Um it, it won't be as fruitful or as smooth. So I'm aware of that. I did I was conscious of that. Um but you're right. But just for the handiness sake, I did upload them all to draft to digital It may take me another month to go. I'm not doing anything on Kobo. Um, let's uh. delist this from draft to digital Let's go to Kobo directly myself. That's another plate I'll be spinning. Um, and then I can take advantage of those deals. But no, that's a very wordy point that you raised there. Because with an aggregator, it's, the process for contacting these retailers is not as smooth. So it's a really good point you raised there, Rob.
1: I think it's it's definitely like you said from a convenience and also from a time management perspective, it's a huge bonus having um draft to digital um to yeah. do to do that work for you um and it was one of the things i struggled with when i tried to go wide before i went full time was just that fucking you know you release another book and suddenly you've got or you have to change the back matter in all your books right because i have all my books listed out so at the moment i need to upload 13 books onto onto amazon times that by five like that's that's essentially it times that by five um this will probably be the point in the, the conversation, David, that I'd just like to point out to people that if you've got links in the back of your book, make sure they're the correct link to the correct store. Um, we'll give a little shout out to Vellum because Vellum do this um, amazingly well um, because you don't want to upload a book to Kobo that has a link to your Amazon book because they will reject it. Because yeah. that's not their oh, that store me, on Vellum. You can put in, yeah, you can put in the um, unique identifier that you get on each. I don't know how this works with Draft to Digital, but I remember uh, when I did it, you can get the unique number from Barnes and Noble, Nook, and that's the same one, Nook, um, Kobo, Apple, and Google, Google, and you can put them in, and the the the, the software generates a file for each one. So when you're uploading to Google, you use the Google file. When you're uploading to Kobo, use the Kobo file. And it means all the links work perfectly well. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. an incredible feature. Um but yeah, that's just a little tip. <laughs> like you just said, I think yeah. you said you got your, your knuckles wrapped for that, did you?
0: Yeah, I did. No, Data Digital came back to me on a couple of books and said, No, there's an Amazon link in this one. You need to change that. So I did. So yeah, that that was a bit of faff yesterday morning, but in truth, the whole process was a lot less scary or intimidating than I had assumed going into it. And it, it is. this is something I had plans to do before the end of 2023. And it was just when I got back to my desk in 2024, I just thought, fuck this. The page reads were so low over the Christmas break. Let's just drag these books wide. I'll give it 90 days again. I know that's probably not enough time. But it's also, as I said, if I drag them back into KU... I might see a spike again in page reads. I might not. Um, but it, it, it's there's a couple of different avenues I go. I know that sounds very, um, you know, I'm lacking in confidence there, saying I'm trying wide, but I also have a plan to go back exclusive again. Um, should it should it not take off? But listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna give it my best shot. I'm gonna put certain time frames in the week where I'm going to be marketing. Wider, rather than relying on my yeah. Facebook ads, because my Facebook ads are not as lucrative as they have been. Uh, so i i I need I needed to do this. It was something I had to do because yeah. the books just weren't selling and the page rates just weren't collating. Yeah, I feel like this was coming. I feel like it was coming.
1: Um, I just think it's it's it's, it's still such a huge decision, even if I kind of semi expected it. Um, so I guess obviously we we've, we've been over the you know, what going wide has always traditionally meant, which is hitting up all these other platforms. I do feel so. Obviously this won't shock our listeners to know that you and I speak outside of the podcast. <laughs> um, but I do know you've been really keen for ever since, you know, we we've had the, the, them on the show, like with Joanna talking about Patreon and subscription services. Um, we've obviously had Michael and Amelia on from Ream um and they're fantastic software and and i know that they're evolving that and developing that to to make it basically really fit for purpose for authors i'm assuming that's something you're now going to be throwing yourself into is this whole subscription model because it's something you've been gnawing my ear off about ever since we've had joanna and the ream guys yeah. on
0: it's I, I would i i would love the autonomy of it you know, owning your own data is is very attractive, and and that's what Ream and Patreon, these subscription models, will bring. There's still just a niggle in my head. I I feel that if you write fantasy or sci-fi, well, there's something about the fan bases that read those genres that really just want to, they want to, that world to soak them. They want to drown in that world. So if mm. a, if an author is saying Well, I've got spin-off little character pages that you can read, or I've got, you know, I've got this insight into how I come up with my settings. Well, then that audience wants part of that, so I think Patreons and subscription models work a treat for those authors. You and I write crime in slightly different avenues, um, and I there's there's a big question mark in my head. I know you've raised it on the podcast: is will our readers follow us? into some subscription model. I think I could, I mean, I think I would definitely get a couple of dozen, you know, maybe 20 to 30 who will definitely go, oh, David Lyons, you're doing a subscription model. Yes, I'm in. And then I'm going, right, because that's £5 from 20 people. That's a £100 a month. And I'm thinking, am I going to go through all of this extra faff for a £100? a month i'm thinking no i mean that so it's it's the money issue on subscription is bothering me but at the same time i'm so attracted rob to having that autonomy and and owning the data and really being on top of my super fans and 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 getting as much from them and giving them as much as i possibly can but it has to be worth it i can't be putting in an extra five hours a week for a hundred pound a month that just kind of happens. And how can I build that subscription model to be lucrative enough to be worthy of my time? I think that's that's always been my my fear
1: of doing it, is A, I can only give them so much because I'm exclusive of Amazon, so I can't give them loads of stuff. I don't have a wide enough reach because I'm not wide. But also, like for me, I, I get the idea. I've got people who buy books. so I've got so many pre-orders for my next few books coming out I know people are chomping at the bit for more books from me.
0: More content, if yeah.
1: I'm doing, if I'm asking them for £20 a year, because I'm releasing four books a year, 4 ninety nine 99 each, say, let's just make it easy numbers. I'm asking yeah. for them for £20 a year. If I then start asking them to £5 a month, what am I going to give them that's worth three times more and what they're currently getting from me because obviously if they pay me five pounds a month i have to include the book for free in it right i can't then ask them to then buy the book on top of that unless i'm offering them some incredible extras for the five pounds a month they might want to buy it to support me but at the same time they've already paid 50 say if i'm releasing a book every three months they're paying 15 pounds for that month that book essentially And I think in my head is what do I then have to do to, to almost justify three times more the money, which I guess is what you're yeah. going to have to figure out now, David, just to yeah,
0: put that on you. <laughs> no, it is a good one. And I think I raised this on the show before. I mean, I, I do have some super fans who will read anything mm. I write and they're commenting and they're emailing me. And I, I think to have a super fan and to only get £20 a year from them Is not good business At the same point How can you get £50 a year from them Um, You know You can do it through this subscription model But what can I offer them And is it worth You know Is the value worth The income Is the time worth the income that will come in it's big questions and these are the big these are the big questions these are circulating in my head the past three months and i still haven't made major decisions of them so you know i can understand our listeners taking their time and um yeah it's just one of these decisions we really have to make i mean you're so
1: right there's there's just so many things you will have to think about and trust me um, I want our listeners to know that although David and I co-host this podcast I've looked up to David massively over the the four or five years that um, that we've been in contact because yeah, you, know, you were uh, full-time from so early on in your career and I know for a fact you won't do any thing without really a thinking about it properly and b throwing you all behind it so i mean it's a huge decision it's why it's um it's basically hijacked this episode um but i know you'll make it yeah I, you'll make it a massive success and you know i'm really excited for the next at least three months i'm really excited to see how you get on doing it
2: to in the author.
1: no song this week david no song because and i'll tell you i'll tell you i'll listen to how disappointed he sounds i'll tell you for why because go on i've actually lost track of what songs i've done and um i i i refuse to repeat myself um i can't do that i refuse to do that um so the our listeners may be disappointed. They don't get to hear my sweet, chocolatey voice. Um, I don't think they will do. However, oh, that hurts. Um, however, if anyone would like to collate the list of songs I have butchered over the uh, duration of this podcast so then I'm aware <laughs> of what songs I can't do, I would gladly sing the songs again. Um, but until then, David, unless <laughs> something just strikes me, you're no longer going to have to put up with my singing. I'm a little bit
0: elated, a little bit deflated.
1: Ah, well, I mean, that's basically how I live my life. Um, We do have a mailbag question. And this week's mailbag question has come in from friend of the show, Catherine Balfour, who has asked the question, have you noticed through your publishing career if your books sell
0: seasonally or steadily throughout the year? It's so a good one. Ah, that is a good one. And we've actually had authors on, haven't we, Rob, who write season-themed books like a Christmas book or a Halloween book and stuff like that. Um, speaking of Halloween, I think I've mentioned it on the show before. I have a book called The Curious Case of Faith and Grace, which is two evil-looking twins on the front cover. Every October that sells. So that, I mean, that, that, is, a, that is a Halloween book um, without me writing a Halloween book. But people want that theme. At that time of year, you know, they're looking for a little scare. Um, I find my book sell really, really well in the summer. For some reason, I've never got to, to, to the bottom of this. I think, I think you might get a better answer out of me than Rob here because um, Rob's a bit more consistent than I am. I, Yeah, the summer does really well. I tend to have always had a drop off in late September into December for some reason. I think that's because the advertising space that I advertise on, which is Facebook feed, tends to get swamped with ads leading up to christmas so my ads don't perform as well um in those months but i would say catherine Oh, yeah catherine's great she's asked questions before hasn't she if if you write specific themes specific genres might work specific times a year but um it would you know what it, it is this is a bad answer actually i said i was gonna answer it well I'd answer it bad it will take you three or four years of publishing, Catherine, to realise. Oh, my books do great June to August, not so good December, January. You know, you will work out your own. Um, what would I call it? Your, your own levels from from that from your experience, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, you need the data to be able to say it, and the only way you're going to get data annually is by going through the years. Um, I do know you've mentioned before your Alex Ferguson um uh book that does yeah. really well over Christmas because it's it's prime as a Christmas gift is perfect for a gift. football fan a Man United fan an Alex Ferguson fan yeah. um for me I haven't noticed any kind of seasonal changes and that might be because I write consistently in a series so I've written yes. consistently in a series over a number of years now so that kind of the, the, the number of books just increases year on year in that series and I'm just driving new readers into it and I've always concentrated on doing that so I've never really noticed spikes or pitfalls um, on anything maybe over the summer I get a few more but I just assume that's you know people going off on their summer holidays I write action fiction I'm a pretty good beach read, poolside read probably for, you know, um, dads and action fans and stuff like that. So um, really the idea, the only way you'll find out if you hit peaks and troughs annually is to get as many books out across as many years and have a look at the data. That's pretty much all we can do.
0: Now, Rob, it's time for our first seven questions of the year that they're calling 2024 great oh, guests lined up to open the year for us, Robert. An award-winning independent author all the way from Alaska, who was a former wildland firefighter who, guess what, went on to write thrilling wildland firefighter romance series. Went on to receive very high acclaim from very high sources. Lolo Page has now published 15 titles, and despite it being Midnight in Alaska, is very, very um kindly agreed, they to, to join us, Lolo Page. Thank you for being on this two in the authors podcast.
2: Well, thank you for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Not at all. It's absolutely our pleasure. And congratulations on your success uh, so far. It's fifteen titles. They're all sort of gritty romance. Is that correct?
2: Yes. Yes. I I primarily write in the romance genre. So. And I I write in several subgenres. That's what's fun about romance is you can go off into all the different um genres under that.
0: Oh well I'll have to get you to say that to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was different <laughs> genres. Hold on.
2: Oh gosh, yeah. I well I started out with romantic suspense, you know, because I like well, I like reading that stuff. And I and I really liked reading thrillers and all of that. So I um I started writing that and then I discovered romantic comedy and so now I write in both of those. So
0: Oh lovely. yeah, Oh yeah, and looks. I mean your website looks absolutely amazing. So you've got the Blazing Hearts wildfire series and then the the Wandering Hearts series, is that correct?
2: Yes, those are the romantic comedies. Nice that I write with Wild Rose Press.
0: Oh right, and then Tales from the Lion, is that a separate series?
2: Oh no, that's part of the um part of the um uh, the wildland firefighter tales from the fireline kind of thing. Oh, so that's
0: almost like a spin-off to your to your award winning series. Yes. Nice. Okay. Readers, check it out. Lolo page. That's L O yeah. L O P A I G E dot com to check out Lolo's books. Are you ready to face the seven questions?
2: You bet. I'm ready. Nice. <laughs>
0: looking forward to this
1: <laughs> uh so um i'll kick things off uh first lolo and i must say um i'm a huge proponent of you know write the things you know and the things you love and the fact that you've written a romantic series in the romance genre about wildfire shows you that literally you can have any yeah. sub for yeah. romance i think it's amazing um So this is something we teased last week, David, that these were new look seven questions. So we've had a slight tweak to them to hopefully pull a little bit more information out of our guests. So Lolo, you're first up. And the first question is... What is your favorite thing about being an independent author?
2: My favorite thing about that is that I am 100% in control of everything I do. Yes. Especially my writing schedule. Yes. Um, I have to confess that I, in the beginning, I was trying to get a literary agent and that whole thing. I yeah. was. And I queried and queried and, and then COVID hit. And um, I I just thought, you know, we're in lockdown what the heck we might as well publish it myself right great and i'm not the world's most patient person it was really hard for me to wait and wait and wait to hear back from the from my you know what i submitted so i think the universe just kind of came along and went you know what you need to go indie and um, I met Craig Martell. He's here in Alaska, and he's was the director of the 20 Books to 50K Conference. And Craig talked me into going. And so I went for four years, and I got all the tools I needed. I learned, you know, how to accomplish this, and so I did. And I really like having the control over the cover and the blurb and all of that, the editing. I mean... Yeah, it can be stressful at times, but I really like having that.
0: That's incredible, Lolo. Yeah, so we love Craig as well. So that's great that he um, was able to, to pass you on some great advice. And at this stage, I bet you you probably, as I do, I, I think back to about 2016, 2017, when I was writing multiple pitches and email pitches to agents and, and publication, publishing companies. And I just think, oh, my word, I... Would hate to be in that situation now, and there's probably hundreds of thousands of authors around the world sending those emails off today. But um, I bet you look back on that now and and you're so glad that you don't have to wait six to twelve months for your book to be published, even if it is picked up by a, a publishing company.
2: Well, yes, and that's why I sent in, uh, I submitted to the Wild Rose Press because I'll, you know, I'll try anything once. I mean, you know. And um, I went through a learning process with that. And it really does take a lot of time. It took from the time I submitted to the time of release, which I have one coming out next week. It's been two years. And in indie land, you know, I mean, we can finish writing it. We finish editing it. We get the package ready to go and boom, we can get it out there. Yeah. Right away.
0: You're so right. Um
2: so that, yeah, that part was a little hard for me to and that's what I realized, you know what, I'm an indie at heart. I think I'll just stay that way. And so I they they published my two books, and that was great. And I learned a ton from that. But I did learn that I like to have more control.
0: Yeah, that you're so right. That control and that autonomy that we 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 keep as independent orders as and Robin, and I often say, like, we will have published a book three or four years ago, and we can still sell it today. That that wouldn't be the case if you were with a, a big publishing deal or a, with a big publishing company. That the 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 advertising and marketing for that book would be long dead. So the the fact that we retain that control is fantastic, and it's it's a great answer to your favorite thing about being an independent author. But just to turn it slightly to the negative, and question two ask: <laughs> What's your least favorite thing about being an independent author?
2: what everybody says marketing probably (laughs) i mean that's what everybody says right yeah
1: Uh, (laughs) you're not gonna like question four
2: (laughs) well yeah um i guess i guess you know just trying to find those readers just trying to find more readers is still a challenge you know and yeah Um, and yeah I I like to try all kinds of different things to see what works, of course, and to see what doesn't, because what may work for um, my friend Sophia over in Australia isn't going to work for me, or my friend Mary in Pennsylvania isn't going to work for me. Oh, that's right. But, yeah, it's it's just... um, learning the ad game and all of that and the A-B testing and stuff that I never really was involved in. I mean, I worked for the United States federal government for a long time. And in that mode, I had a budget that I worked with that Congress would pass. I never worked in retail. I never really had to sell anything, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, So this was all new to me.
1: Well, I tell you what, though, um we've we've been interviewing in independent authors for over a year now, and the marketing side of things is saying that a lot you're not alone when it comes to being a frustration or a least favorite thing. A lot of authors don't like it. Um and I guess that's just, you know, part of the many hats um we have to wear as independent right. authors. So um I think it's it's a it's a common frustration. Um we'll move on to question three and it's something you mentioned um about your favorite thing so question three is what is Mm -hmm. your writing routine
2: well it depends on which mode i'm in um if i'm in a drafting mode which i just now started then i treat it like a nine to five um what i mentioned before working for the federal Mm -hmm. government i learned that self-discipline where you had to you know, you had a certain thing you had to get done, your projects or whatever, and you were disciplined to do that. So I just kind of lean on that now. And um, when I'm um, developing my routine, and I, I've experimented with a lot of different things. I've tried, okay, set aside three hours in the morning or three hours in the evening. Well, I've discovered that I'm kind of a binge writer. I'm not you know, yeah. I, I can't do really? uh, 5,000 words a day and then get up and go walk the dog or whatever. Um, it's, it it's just kind of comes in these big th- chunks of time. Yeah. I, and when I'm on a roll and I'm in the zone, then I can go, geez, I can go eight to 10 hours a day. I know that's probably not good for you to do that. <laughs> 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 well, get up from the computer and get some exercise, you know. But, um, that's what I discovered about myself. So
0: fascinating. yeah, but so you you don't have a strict writing routine. It's just your creative mind will work when it when it wants to work.
2: Yes, that's pretty much what it boils down to. And, like I say, I, I tried all kinds of different things. Like in last year, I set up a word count goal, and I go okay between January and July. Oh, let me see if I can write 500,000 words. You know, I know that's a lot. Yeah. And so I set out, um, I signed up for all these anthologies and all these kinds of things to get, to get me, I'm goal oriented. So I could work toward the goal. And those were short stories so that I could see a beginning, a middle and an end to that. Yeah. And then, but the problem when you push like that is you get tired. So I kind of hit burnout at the end of that and I slowed way down and then and then of course you get covid
0: (laughs) (laughs) why not throw it in the mix
2: (laughs) (laughs) well um and then that that kind of slowed things down a little bit too your brain my brain kind of got a little fogged up and yeah was I, I wasn't working at the at the fast pace I was before so I've had to readjust you know I've had to um go with the flow on that but the the thing that, that I realized is you really do got to step away for a while and do some living so yeah. that you have things to write about. <laughs> and so oh. I have a group I travel with, and um, once a year I go over to your side of the world. Oh, and, lovely. Uh, we just got back in October from... Um, um, Italy and Switzerland and, oh, and a beautiful oh, nice and then you know what I started doing is I and I'd um write a romantic comedy on the trips I took so I'd plop a romance in there and just kind of write about that Lovely. So that's been
0: fun that sounds great I can relate to so much of what you're saying Lolo. I, I like you I can't I can't be too disciplined I can't sit down between 10 a.m and midday and knock out Two thousand or three thousand words. My mind doesn't work that way. It has to be when it's ready, when it's creative, and um, it will come out. And like you, yeah. know, I I can go two or three months where I'm super hot with the creativity, and it's flowing out of me, and it looks great. And 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 I can go like the last year almost um, in terms of novel writing. for me, I'd been very had very much a numb brain it just wasn't coming out of me but um, I, that's the creativity and you have to take a break when you get that sense of burnout so I, I, I hear a lot of what you're saying there and, and holidays and breaks are huge uh, for me and you, you, I can say I'm going to take a holiday to get away from the writing. And then I find, oh, I'm doing a lot of writing on this holiday because there's something about that (laughs) relaxation that just works. It reopens the creativity on the brain. Um, So, yeah, I I, I have a feeling I'm very similar to you in terms of discipline for work. I wonder if we're similar in terms of our marketing. Now, you say this is your least favourite part of the job. It also happens to be question four um, in our seven questions. But how is it that you market your books, Lolo?
2: Well, let's see. What I did in the beginning is um, I set aside a chunk of of money and I did ads. I did the Facebook ads. I did the Amazon ads. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I learned enough to kind of know what I was doing. And my goal was to get visibility. It wasn't for sales per se. It was just to get visible, just to get, you know, the name out there, the pen name out there the book out there and I um uh, um bargain book see free book see I did the I was in Kindle Unlimited in the beginning for the first two years and so I did the KDP countdowns faithfully every 90 days and so right. I would stack my newsletters and I listened a lot to David Gowron is mm-hmm. that how I pronounce it?
0: yeah yes. I think there's a bit of a hierarchy in the middle but yeah yeah I think it's doctrine.
2: and uh, yes yes and i learned to stack the newsletters and um yeah he's great that seemed to help a lot and i got a book bub deal right off the bat there with the debut book and so that really catapulted things um that really made the difference yeah so what when i realized that i had hit my goal was i was in an elevator in vegas and there was this Australian author that got in the elevator with me. And she, and you know, we introduced ourselves and she goes, Lolo Page. she goes, Oh my gosh. I showed her my book um, that was on my phone because I keep it on my cover on my phone. She goes, I see that book everywhere. It's ah, all over the place. Great. I'm like, yes. If you Amazing. saw it in Australia, then I'm doing my jukebox.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think that's a. Um, It's a really interesting point you make there about the visibility of it Um, because I've been working with, um, especially with Amazon ads, I've been working with an Amazon ads company recently to try and scale them up and they've actually made the point that the ad isn't what's going to make you money, it's the the book itself. So it's all the other stuff you have to have kind of lined up like the cover, the blurb, all that stuff. You have to be sort of set up to convert and that's why a lot of people's ads don't work it isn't because the ad isn't good enough it's actually what I mean, they yeah they're promoting isn't as perfectly placed to make the sale as it could be but because some people don't uh, you know like to look at inwards they'll then go the ad's not working um so i think it's, it's great that you got to a point where your ads did start working and like you said you uh hit people out in australia <laughs> which is always the goal isn't oh, it hit, go and worldwide. i on the mark
2: dawson <laughs> show i couldn't believe it oh my god i there i'm talking to james black you know on an oh, interview it was so cool <laughs> yeah really? yeah, that you was... loved
1: that
2: guys.
1: fantastic um we we love. We do love the guys. Yeah, we love the guys over in the, um, the self-publishing show. They're massive inspirations to both of us. Um, question number five is what's the one thing you know now that you wish you knew from the outset about indie publishing? Yeah,
2: this is a long game. This yeah. isn't a short, quick, skip-through-the-park mm. kind of thing that, you you know, you, if you're going to commit to it, that you're in for the long haul. And it took me a long time to realize that, you know, because I'm part of the McDonald's generation, Uh, you know, give me a Big Mac right away, give me this right (laughs) away. You know, I I just kind of was going along thinking, oh, well, you know, it can't be that hard to get a bestseller, can it really? It can't be that hard with my first book, but no, I'm not Colleen Hoover, I'm not Delia Owens, I have to work and put in the time just like they did, and mm-hmm. they did put in their time. So that's the one thing that I would say to um, an aspiring writer, aspiring author who hasn't published yet, persistence is the key. You just got to button share and do it you know, consistently and be dedicated to it and be organized with how you do it. Don't just go off and just think you can. Oh, I can write a book, but you know there's you've got to learn the structure. There's a lot to the craft. You have to learn the craft
0: that's you no know? so true. Well, yeah, it's a great point actually, Lolo, because we do see so many independent orders who have this drive business drive to I want to sell product, but they're not really looking after the product well, like Rob was just talking about there. you I mean, you really need to the book has to sell. Uh, it's not just your ads that sell. Oh. So the craft has to be good. But um you're so right, there's so many impatient authors that they look at other authors um, and they have this comparatonitis where they, they think, oh well why isn't she selling she's selling so many books? why am I but it's it's a long game. you really need to be five, six books deep. Yes and just 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 add
1: on to that um, this year in a couple of months time will be the ninth anniversary of my first independently yeah. published book oh. and I've only been a full time I've only been a full time independent author yeah for just over a year so i it took me nearly eight years um and I think I saw the end goal about three years in, and then I worked another near five years to get to where I needed to get to so when you're talking about have like a plan and all that stuff, you're speaking yeah. to my heart <laughs> when you say that yeah absolutely. <laughs>
2: I learned things the hard way, I guess. I've done that a lot in my life and this was no different. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I went in all all, you know, unicorns farting rainbows and puppies and kitties and thinking, <laughs> Oh, this is just gonna be but you know what? You really you really have to do the the hard work and yeah, it can be tough at times and yeah, I wanted to quit every ten minutes. I mean, <laughs> sure, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna go sit margaritas uh-huh. on the beach. What am I doing? I gave myself homework for life.
0: Yes. Yeah. All all those thoughts have been inside my brain (laughs) as well, but... We've just been talking, Rob and I, throughout this show about sort of, um, I mean, I made it. I, I did my second book, flew off the shelves, um, literally. And I, it just became so easy for me, independent publishing. But I became complacent, really complacent and, and managed to lose my way. So we've been talking uh-huh. about that over the last hour or so, uh, myself and Rob. So yeah, it, 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 it it's the long game, but it, it continues to be the long game even when you're in it years, you really have to massage and dedicate yourself. It's it's a business at the end of the day Um, and and we really have to treat it as such. We'll just move on to question six, Uh, Lolo. uh, You're giving us some great answers. Um, Could you name the one service you use as an indie author that you cannot do without?
2: Hmm. My formatting. um, draft to digital and Atticus. I, oh... I've got to have that for formatting. Yeah. I started with Vellum, but I'm just not a Mac user. I mean, I couldn't cross, I, I just couldn't. Yeah. Because I'm a Windows person. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, for me, it's my go to. I've got to have that. And Book Funnel, I've been leaning on them a lot. I had the chance to listen to Damon Courtney and attend his sessions at 20 Books. And he's like a boy genius. I really. His enthusiasm is contagious. You're sitting there listening to him. Just, yeah. And, um, you know, I'm interested in the sibling and things like that.
1: I mean, Damon is someone we want to get on the show to talk about because book funnel is a, is a phenomenal piece of kit. I always say to David, it's the one thing that I see, um, where, you know, you you can see someone's created a solution to a problem that you wish you had created. Um, that mine is book funnel. I just think it's, it's one of the most genius things, but, um, formatting software whatever the formatting software that you use is i think an absolute um no-brainer of something that should be in every independent author's toolkit yes. um lola this has been a fantastic um debut of our new seven questions <laughs> um you've had some incredible answers for us and you've actually given a lot of really really good and sensible advice especially around how to approach being an independent author. I think it's been it's it's something that I've found a lot of stuff that I relate to in your answers. Um but question 7 is if you could pass on just one more nugget of advice to our listeners, what would it be?
2: Don't give up and persistence pays off. I just the persistence part I can't emphasize enough. You know when I talk to younger writers and things like that, um, I, I feel like a, a, a record broken record. I'm saying that over and over, but it's true. You got to write the next book. I mean, all the marketing in the world isn't going to help you all the, you know, you've got to write the next book and it's got to be the best you can. You got to make it better than the, than the last one. Um, I think, I think you need to keep improving and keep studying craft and keep learning. Um, You can't stop learning in this because things are changing so quickly. Um, Just since I've been in it since 2020, I mean, all these things have been evolving and trying to keep up with the platforms and how to navigate those. And just tonight I was listening to um, Damon talk about uh, magnets on BookFunnel and there's things I learned I didn't know. And I have magnets on there that I've been working with. But also um, something that... uh, um, A traditional author that lives here in Eagle River said to me a long time ago, his name is Mark Cameron. He was writing the Tom Clancy books for the estate for a while Uh when Mark Green decided to go off and do Gray Man. And Mark told me because I was I was whining about, oh, I can't get my books to sell. He goes, let me just say this. You just got to forget all that and write the next book. Just keep writing, write the next and the next and the next. My husband says the same thing. Yeah. And Mark says, your front list will always sell your back list. So build the back list to get that up and running, get that going. And those words, you know, I put them on a yellow sticky and I slapped it on my monitor. Right. And it's all dog-eared and everything now, but I... You know, I I stuck with that. I think.
0: Well, you got dog ears, and we've got a dog nodding here. Robert Enright is always preaching. Nothing sells your last book better than your next book. Uh, is always to keep writing. But you 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 that's great advice. So is your advice that it's a long game. So is your advice that we 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 really can't afford to get complacent at this, and we have to be always learning, as you say, Lolo what was working in 2020 might necessarily work in 2024 and because it's a digital game that we're playing most of what we're doing is online it's all just a baby isn't it and it's growing and we have to grow with it as the technology grows we really need to grow with it and um, evolve yes so true so true well, Lolo, that's an incredible 25 minutes you had to give us. We really appreciate your time, especially that it's gone at midnight in, in lovely Alaska where you are. Uh, Lolo, Well, Paige. I wish I
2: could show you the northern lights, but they're not out. It's pretty cloudy.
0: Oh, maybe maybe we'll do another call soon. We'll do another call, another midnight. <laughs> Lolo Page, thank you.
2: Thank you. It was so much fun talking to you.
0: To the. Author.
1: I don't think we've had a guest from Alaska before, David, so it was lovely to have Lolo on the show, and she was uh, a fantastic first um, answer for our new seven questions.
0: Yeah, she really was. I'm a little bit disappointed. I'll tell you why I'm a little bit disappointed. I've been emailing her all week to set up the interview, Mm. and she said, oh, cool, if you ring me at midnight, Alaska time, which was 9am for us, we just done the interview, um, she promised she would show me the northern lights why didn't happen it no, didn't, didn't happen some... it was yeah. it was too cloudy in alaska wrong day to ring lolo so we'll have to get her back um, on the show at another <laughs> point but yeah great insight again another perspective just a great different set of eyes on the same sort of career and and it just goes to show it's like a fingerprint we all do it differently and lolo is killing it within in her genre she's doing so good yeah, she, she's amazing. Like I said, she's got wildfire
1: romance. So, I mean, that's that's something I'd never heard of before, but she's absolutely smashing it doing it. So if you want to be like Lolo and you want to join us, face the new seven questions, share your story, share your path to wherever you've got to in your indie author career, go to www.2indieauthors.co.uk or our Facebook group or our Instagram and you can find the form there it's really quick takes less than a minute to fill out and we'll be in touch and get you on the show david this is the end of another show you're now a very busy boy because you've gone wide so i want to know what your your, what your next seven days <laughs> it,
0: it will be a lot of it will be that it will be it will be trying to research the marketing of how I can push these books on these mm-hmm. wider retailers and um, but i want to continue to get a thousand words down on my manuscript each day at least, because I just I want to get this series written, and I have the next book due out um on the I think it's the twenty second of March, and um, I w- I want it finished. I want my job finished before the end of February, so the editorial process had three weeks to sort of um, all pull around. So I'll continue writing, but I will be doing a lot of research over the next seven days. And I'll share uh, my findings then on on the show with you next week. What have you got planned until then?
1: Um, I'm going to get the next Sam Pope book finished, ready, uploaded, good to go and probably bring the launch forward and then full steam ahead on the next Jack Townsend, which I'm really looking forward to writing. So um, yeah, just... just, uh, I mean, a dream week, right? Because we, we have the best job in the world. We're independent authors, so. <laughs>